Here we go, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, we will kick the show off now. Stand by for the opener. Uh, see you guys in a minute. Uncensored tonight. Nice clean little bandwidth. No one else is using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere uninvited like a dirty thought in a nice clean mind. Guess who? It's me again. The little attitude for all of you in white bread land. Five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? You out there? You listening? Alrighty, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I am discombobulated just a little bit today, if you haven't noticed. Um, much love, everyone. Good to see you guys all out there. We have our special guest, Mark Paquita, in the house, along with my bro. We'll get to that just momentarily. Appreciate you guys being here, as always. Thank you very kindly for everything you guys have been doing uh, to help this show and to help spread the word. If you can, help do me a favor. Grab a link from the show, uh, your favorite platform. Mine is the foxhole.app. And share the stream out far and wide. Please let everyone know what we got going on here today. Uh, and in general, uh, hey, Craig, what's up, bro? Uh, good to see you, Craig. Go to uncensoredaid.com and book it, man. Um, uh, it's uh, the, I'm getting kicked off everywhere, bro. So it's getting harder to find me. Uh, on that same topic, up behind me is the foxhole.app. It is our new solution to censorship. Uh, and we will just continue to adapt and overcome if they want to keep trying to silence us. That isn't going to happen because we have great patriots behind us who are wanting to help uh, raise our voices and make sure that we hear uh, political dissent in this country, which is something that uh, is becoming more and more rare and more and more less tolerated, as all you guys know out there. But uh, nonetheless, we have the foxhole.app. As you can see, Jordan Sather live now. 412 finishing up his show right now. Patriot News and PSB are live now tonight. Quite frankly, the Kate Awakening and Woke Society is going live in about an hour as well. So uh, great content from just citizen journalists, people who love this country and want to be heard, which is becoming something of a uh, of a problem these days. Also, here's the website for those of you that, that aren't aware that may have just found me again. Good to see you out there, Craig. Man, I miss you, bro. Uh, uncensoredabe.com. You can find the podcast there. You can find previous shows, including a lot, uh, two weeks ago show with, uh, with, uh, Mark Piquita right down here. He'll have his spot there. Michael Johns will have a spot right next to him. And we hope to bring you guys that kind of, uh, tea party organizer and activist perspective from the ground with Michael Johns and Mark Piquita. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Uh, also all the links to the website, Foxhole, uh, Podbeam, DLive, uh, Cloud Hub Live now again. Thanks to Jeff over at Cloud Hub for all his hard work getting us live back over there again, as well as the Tiger Network for uh, 
for those of you that are familiar with that as well. The blog's up. Check that out every day. Uh, do me a favor. Just when, when you go to here, just click Hot News, and you'll see the latest topics of the day. So when you go to the blog, you'll see kind of a, a, just a, a timeline of events as we go through this uh, time, this desperate time in our country's history together. Let's call it what it is. Finally, Patreon, PayPal, Cash App, P.O. Box. Those are the ways that you can help. Thank you, Mark, very kindly for joining the Patreon. If you'd like, sir, I can get you into the Discord, which is what you can do by joining Patreon. You can get into our private Discord, which allows you to chat with us, watch what I'm cooking behind the scenes, watch Joe dig out his neighbor, or whatever else is happening behind the scenes, as well as great content from uh, great uh, researchers that are in our Discord. So if you want to do that, just drop me a cup of coffee once a month, please. Hop on to Patreon, and I'll get you into the private discord there we go there's the business of the day with that i want to welcome my co-host and guest into the show here today average joe patriot uh covering for covering my ass today big time this morning over at methods and uh mark Piquita, god bless you sir thanks for joining us guys thanks. yeah thanks man yeah no problem man obviously uh you know methods uh was trying to get a hold of you and sent me a message and said hey where's your brother at <laughs> i tried calling you you didn't answer so we just uh, we rolled with it, man. Absolutely um, no prep. And uh, I saw a lot of comments out there. I just wanted to thank everyone for saying it was a really a good show because me and Methods literally just winged it. We usually, you know, Abe and I spend a lot of time doing research and stuff like that for shows. And I pretty much have an idea of what we're going to talk about prehand. But when you just free flow a show and, uh, you know, you never know how it's going to go. But uh, Methods, as usual, he uh, he's fantastic uh, conversationalist. And um, so no problem, brother. I'm glad I could help out anytime I can fill in. I always got your six. Mark, it's so glad to have you again here with us. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. We've uh, finally broken the back of this snow here. There's still snow on the ground, but it's finally warming up. I don't know what it's like for you. Yeah, it's like 42. I was just out there watching all the yeah. snow melts. It's beautiful. Um, and, yes, I have been working nonstop, guys, and and so I appreciate uh, Methods and Joe kind of covering for me today. I, I, I absolutely hate sleep oversleeping and missing something i never do it it's uh I, i'm kind of that guy that's constantly waking up what time is it what time is it well this morning i went to bed and i was set i had my sleep schedule back i was gonna be getting up back around 10 a.m again and uh which is early for me if you guys know me uh <laughs> so i had it all ready to go i was up ready to go watch the life walk out the door take a piss lay down and so and you can never get comfortable i can toss and turn for four hours at night with my knees screwed up the way it is and never get comfortable, but you lay back in bed after taking a piss, and it's so so cold, and you just cover up in those co covers, and bam, I was out like a freaking light, and I didn't even I didn't even wake up till after the show was over. So I apologize to Methods. Uh, I, I I hate doing that. I appreciate you guys covering me. I hear Joe, you did a great job over there, and um, you know Methods does a great job of lifting up uh, his guest and uh, and helping them, guiding them along, and uh, he's. Uh, thank you, Methods. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll get back to, into the schedule next week. All right. Um, every Tuesday we have somebody on uh, that is that is going to be an influencer in some way that's getting off their ass and from behind a microphone and actually doing something about 
situation that we're in. Michael Johns and Mark Makita are both those type Patriots. Uh, Mark, Mark, you were uh, hanging out yesterday with an, an event of Patriots who are pretty fired up, and so you're kind of hearing what's going on in the ground there in Ohio. Tell us kind of what you're hearing, the sentiment from the people, and uh, what what is the you know, the, the, the issue is always what is the biggest issue of the day that is firing people up? For a while there, it was the border and our our, our porous uh, law system, uh, catch and release, all of that thing kind of kicked everybody off. It feels like everyone's moved on from that and are just pissed off. What are you hearing from the people on the ground, Mark? So last night, um, I, I think that the most important thing we have to deal with is trust in elected officials, right? So term limits and things like that, we have to legislate trust. But I will tell you that last night, the, the number two item that's on had, had been on my list that is probably now number one is election integrity. Nobody at this meeting felt that the election was fair and honest. Okay. And I want to make a, a, a point about that. They weren't going crazy about the minion. They understand that what this was, was highly distributed, fragmented, uh, small, but everywhere voter fraud, absentee ballot voter fraud, mail-in voter fraud, Ballot harvesting voter fraud, ballot counting voter fraud, all the traditional stuff. And and I, I was actually very, very encouraged that a few folks there kind of had the same kind of belief in what the nexus was, the 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 beginning of all of this. And it came down to Bush versus Gore. And the Supreme Court ruling that said, basically, Mr. Gore, you've presented to us that there were 200 votes in Broward County that, and I think it's Broward County, yeah. uh, that were, that should have swung to you. And what you've basically done is extrapolated across the other Florida counties, those 200 votes, and basically said the election should have been yours. That's not acceptable to us. You have to show us where those votes happen in each and every one of those counties because this is a huge thing for us as the judiciary to get in, involved in. We're not supposed to be calling elections, right? The people are supposed to be calling elections. So I think the Democrat, I, I don't think, I know, the Democrats went back and said, okay, if we're going to commit election fraud and we're going to try to game the system, We've got to take advantage of that. And what that means is if they do what I call voter fraud by a thousand cuts, 200 votes here, 200 votes there, 300 votes here, and they do it in every county, we have 88 counties in Ohio, you take those, those votes, you add them up, and it's enough to swing the election, right? And so they, they, I, they I, I absolutely know this is what happened. I absolutely know. They just did all of that across the board, and then they panicked when they saw that that wasn't going to be enough, right? Yeah. But if we get rid of Dominion, that does not solve the other problem, which is the more endemic, systemic, broad, multifaceted, highly distributed issue, right? I mean, people come to me and say, 
you're crazy to believe there was voter fraud. I'm like, am I crazy to think there might be voter fraud when people are putting poster board on windows so you can't see the count? That people are sent home and told the voting is, or the counting is stopped, yet the minute they leave, the counting starts, but it's all with people who know each other. That people are sent home because of a water main burst, but it was a urinal overflowing. People who have credentials are left out of polling centers to be poll watchers, even though they have credentials. That you're going to court to keep people more than 10 feet away from these tables to watch people know how those ballots are printed. You can't see them. You can barely see them from six feet, let alone 10 or 20. People who want legitimate elections don't do that kind of thing. Is that circumstantial evidence? Yeah, but I'm 62. I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. That is the pattern of a cheater, of a liar, of a corrupt criminal election fraud perpetrator. It is clear that uh, irregardless of what any of us think about COVID and, and the and the actual effects on the human population, um, they're saying 500,000 deaths now. It's just it's laughable. Um, irregardless of what you think about that, um, they used COVID very effectively for mail-in ballots, and they had plans in place. It, it is There was a test run done. Uh, by uh, 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 what's her name in in uh, Georgia uh, that ran for office, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams. She did a test yeah. run uh, in the past on mail in ballots and how to manipulate them and how to get it through the system. Yeah. Uh, and they they used that in other states and they used it very effectively. It's clear to anyone who who pays attention that there's major problems in our voting system, and it's clear to me that we need some type of national voter ID. The discussion of a national voter ID uh, breaks down with liberals and the left when you start talking about the federal, the federal government telling states how to run their elections. The foundation of the Constitution, however, comma, if you actually read it, liberals, is that the federal government does tell the states how to issue federal elections. That is the foundation of our republic, and you can choose once again to just deny reality, but that discussion about how the federal government requires states to set guidelines for federal elections uh, is really what's at stake here. And this is why, Mark, I am so disappointed in what happened with the Supreme Court. I'm, I am, I don't, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I am not somebody who is on the level of some of the great patriots out there who have pontificated on this already. However, comma. I am I am very very well informed enough on the Constitution to understand that by the Supreme Court uh, dodging this case, and I haven't I haven't heard from Kavanaugh and and Barrett yet as to why they abstained from this. That's interesting for sure. But of course, Roberts had the opportunity once again to uh, stand up for the Constitutional Republic and the Patriots of America, and he uh, cowered out again. Um, Mark, what is your take on that dichotomy of federal governments requiring states to have basic guidelines for federal elections? And how how can you, as a as a patriot and somebody who wants to run for office to represent Ohio, how can you advocate for policies at the federal level that will help uh, help to uh, ensure some type of national voter ID or registration, including uh, signature? can be implemented uh, at a federal level 
using our 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 house and representatives once we get both of those back. Uh, that should be the first thing in the high the top priority in my in my opinion. What's your take on that that whole discussion in general, Mark? So so I think it it Abe it has to happen from both ends, right? So the voters in a state need to get active and demand election integrity. And from the federal perspective, the federal government doesn't need to tell states how to run their elections. They just need to tell states the guidelines for federally elected offices. And I don't think there is anything in the Constitution that precludes that from happening. No, in fact, it's enforced by the Constitution. Right. So, and I will do a deeper dive into that. I'm not a constitutional scholar, but I got a, a good buddy who will ultimately, I think, become part of our 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 um, Senate office, if you will, who's a constitutional law professor, and he's a conservative, and and I think he would say, there's nothing wrong with that. We can give the guidelines. You can decide how that happens, how your board of elections runs things how you do things based on your own state law, but there's got to be some kind of interlocking between state law and federal requirements. So Mark, there is instance, on everything else. For right? instance, here in Wisconsin is so different than Illinois. And I didn't realize how different states runs elections until I moved from Florida to here to South Carolina and voted in all these different states. And they, in every single one of them do them incredibly differently. The system right. here in Wisconsin is is excellent. If I wanted an absentee ballot, like when I was I was uh, caring for my father who's who's dying of cancer right now down in Florida, and mm-hmm. I, I so I, I uh, absentee voted for the uh, primary, and to do that I have to go into the website, I have to upload a copy of my driver's license, and I have to show us a, a, a signature. Now you you can't get a a ballot in Wisconsin unless you have previously voted using a voter ID of some kind. Uh, it's a verified ID of some kind uploaded to the website, and and they will send you the ballot only after that. That's that is a that is a common sense check and balance, in my opinion, for voting uh, absentee. Now, in other states such as Pennsylvania and other places, you don't even need a freaking signature on the damn ballot, much less a postmark or anything else. For yeah, them to and count it can come in a week later, and they still count it. Yeah. So this is where this is my concern is that is that states can, states can. Uh, can choose how to to uh, to issue the election and 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 the the details of pulling out the election, but there's no question in my mind that the federal constitution states that federal elections have basic guidelines and the constitution backs that up. And I wish we could get more to a discussion to understand what can the federal government do and make sure that we challenge existing potential Supreme Court problems on that. Um, th- those kind of discussions that maybe Mike Pompeo can have at ACLJ, you know what I'm saying? How can we get legal challenges to enforce federal uh, federal authority over uh, how elections are the basic of, of how elections are processed? This discussion needs to be had, my friend. Yeah, I kind of look at it as I don't really care what other states do within their state. That's up to them because I'm a big states rights person. Right? Yeah, I'm for minimal federal government. Lots of responsibility at the state level. If you want to vote to screw up your state, that is not my uh, that is not in my wheelhouse, right? I, I should be concerned about my local community and my state, and then my country, right? 
if you in another state want to screw up my country, that's not acceptable to me. If you want to screw up my state, that's not acceptable to me, which is why I was really uh, enthusiastic about Ken Paxton's, uh, the attorney general of Texas, his lawsuit that basic to the Supreme Court that basically said, Texans have been disenfranchised here in this electoral college system because of the five states that were screwed up. And you're taking our vote away because you're allowing fraud to happen in those states, right? That's kind of my attitude. Don't mess with the federal piece of this. You want to screw up your state, you go right ahead and do that, okay? You want to be California? Fabulous. You go do that. But don't mess with Ohio. Don't mess with Texas. Yeah, well, this these are all test cases for stuff that they're moving across the country step by step by step. They've been doing this for, for right. decades now, and they've been subverting uh, state constitutions um, using the using their the state's laws against them. Joe, what's your thoughts on a on a national voter ID and how how can we advocate and uh, get people over to the side of that it needs to happen at the federal level and 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 then uh, states can pick it out. You know, states can enforce it from there, but somehow we need to have the federal government get involved in the national voter ID. What's your thoughts? Yeah, well, I was honestly, I was completely surprised at the fact that I uh, here in Illinois that I didn't need my ID. Um, they didn't ask me for one. Um, they did ask me for my voter ID card, so I did show them that. But, you know, I was kind of surprised because it just seems like you need your ID for anything else, right? You need your ID for to drive a car. You need your ID to, um, you know, for, for tons of things. So yep. it just seems like it should just be that should just be everywhere. Like, I don't know, to me, the voting system and everything is so freaking complicated that I was, like I said, I was surprised at the fact that they didn't ask me for my ID. I was expecting them to ask for it and they didn't. So obviously that just goes to show that they're not really checking. They don't care. Uh, you know, and the other thing is how we can go uh, on a more federal level that's going to be the hard part, but I, I don't, I think you kind of touched on it or, or we've touched on it before about, you know, taking over the house and taking over the Senate. I think that's a good start, right? Yeah. That's step number one. And that's why Mark's here is because we're going to do everything in our power on this channel to, uh, to help lift up Patriots who are going to try to put themselves out there. Um, Mark, it's, uh, this I think the the discussion of our, of our election integrity, I think that discussion from, from the side of MAGA or from the side of God fearing patriots who just love the country. You don't have to even call them MAGA. Anyone who, who loves this country. I think that discussion needs to be had about a national voter ID and, or how we get uh, involved locally to require States to do kind of what Wisconsin does and have checks and balances in place. Yeah. I, I don't even think it needs to be MAGA or patriots. I think that, intrinsically human beings want fairness and this is all about fairness everybody's vote counts exactly the same and the people who are against this use all kinds of specious pretzel logic to deny that it is the fair way to do things they'll talk about its voter suppression i'm like Please give me an example of how anybody's vote has been suppressed by voter ID. Just give me one example. They can't give you examples. They pontificate on things 
And most of their reasoning is actually extremely racist. It's like Joe Biden the other day in that town hall talking about how people of color can't use a laptop and can't figure out how to connect to the internet. Like, what century is he living in, right? I mean, it's, it, it's so racist, it's almost like Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan-ish. Yeah. It's that racist. Yeah, meanwhile, right? the media is pushing a white supremacist narrative about anyone who supported Trump. It's, 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 it's laughable. It's ridiculous. And, and African-Americans I've talked to, uh, Latinos I've talked to, uh, Asians I've talked to about voter ID, they're all like, why not? They all have IDs, right? They've got driver's licenses and they've got everything else, credit cards. And you like, get how a, do you, you get, get a get credit a, card without having any ID? Yeah, if, You just if, don't walk in and apply for a credit card, if right? You, if the argument is that the poor can't find ways to get a voter ID, somehow they find ways to get a snap card. They can find a way to get, to get, I, I've been poor and I've had to go what? get uh, certified for it. it we, you know, right. it's not hard. Why could your snap card not be used as your ID? Yeah, well, it doesn't show proof that you're eligible to vote. That's the one problem is is they're also going after felons well, and that's you know, different, right? That's yeah. that's linking the ID to a registration and the signature and all that in the poll books. And and so what I'm saying is the day I get to Washington, so we are going to be publishing literally draft legislation on our website that we would be dropping on the table of the leader the day I got to Washington in the Senate to say, these are the things that I want to see happen. I'm talking about real legislation in the format of the Senate, right? I've been studying the Senate rules for, for years. It, it's that thick. There, there's, it's a game, okay? Yeah. But I've been studying it, and we're going to drop that. And one of the things we're, we're, we're going to drop is, the, like, the, the whole term limit thing and voting integrity with paper ballots and all of these kind of things that you're talking about, enhanced poll book access and transparency. Because right now, you can see everybody that's registered, right, to vote. <laughs> You, you can go to the county web, you can download a CSV file and look at it in Excel, yep, but you right. can't see the signatures and things like that. We should be able to see that all, right? And so that legislation, I think, will help tremendously in cutting down on voter fraud, maybe even eliminate it entirely. Yeah, I, I love it. And that's that's kind of what we need to see is uh, proactive from the start. You know, you hit the hit the ground running and not wait to not try to feel your way through it. Just make waves right away. That is uh, good news, Mark. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Tiger Woods. Uh, in, in recent in news today, um, Tiger Woods with a tragic crash. We don't know what happened. I'm not going to speculate at all. Uh, but I, I watched him this weekend in an interview talking about his back uh, surgery and working his way back, hoping to, to hoping to uh, join um, everyone over at the Masters, which is coming up probably in about two months. So he was he was well on the way to recovery from another back surgery. Um, and I can sympathize with that because uh, golf tore my body up too. Amazingly, figure that out. People don't call it a, a sport, but I'll tell you what: my knee, my back, my neck, uh, my shoulders are trashed from playing a lot of golf in my time. Uh, Tiger Tiger Woods suffered leg injuries uh, yesterday or this morning, excuse me, in a vehicle rollover in suburban LA uh, after leaving that event and uh, probably heading, uh, you know, to the next event or something to that effect. Or to, to, I think he was going to. Uh, 
to recovery or uh, therapy, excuse me. Um, so it's, I don't know what happened and it's, it's frustrating, I'm sure for Tiger Woods, but this is, that's a pretty serious crash yeah. that you guys can't see on the screen. Cause I'm sharing my screen there. That's better. Uh, that's a pretty serious uh, crash by, uh, whatever happened with Tiger. You can see the whole front of that whole front end of that is not looking good. And, uh, then rolling over after, uh, guys, any thoughts in general about, uh, this, this, uh, breaking news today with Tiger. I, I, um, I'm praying, uh, that's for sure. Cause that looks pretty bad, man. Um, I, I, you and I grew up loving Tiger Woods, watching, uh, watching him for a very long time. Um, when he got his medal of freedom from Donald Trump, I, I thought he absolutely deserved it. And I thought, I thought, um, what a perfect time after he won the masters, um, I was really kind of hoping to see him kind of get back into it and um, seeing this was a bummer, man. It really was. And I just, I just have nothing but prayers for him and his family. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, he is a great example of someone who, so we were talking about this before the show. Uh, we believe in the separation of church and state, but that doesn't mean that our, our state isn't run on Judeo-Christian values, right? Something that's very hard for some people to understand. But the basis of our country was Judeo-Christian values. And if you look at the Founding Fathers and you look at the Federalist Papers, they talk about that a lot, a lot. And so he had issues. He did his time in in penance, in, in prison, if you will. He asked for forgiveness. He was granted forgiveness by the American public, and now he's working his way back. And this is just very, I, I feel really badly for him, his kids, his family. Uh, but it, it also leads into this whole topic of forgiveness and cancel culture and the fact that you know, the internet lives forever and we, we are giving up on forgiveness in this country. And it's one of the things that I think has made our country great, right? We do forgive people. We believe that they can be rehabilitated. Sometimes they can, sometimes they can't, but we give them the shot. We're willing to give them the shot for the most part. And, and he got it, but people on the internet these days getting canceled and all the rest and having their livelihood just ripped apart and people wanting them not to have a job. I mean, this is vengeance. This is evil. This is soulnessness. This isn't Judeo-Christian principles. And it really, really has to stop in my mind. Yeah, I agree, Mark, 100%. I agree with you, Mark. It's frustrating because... Um, it's a lot of people are are quick to point fingers and it's, I just, I just wish that wouldn't happen. Um, Energy policy act of 1992. You mentioned this pre-show the stuff that's going on in Texas. We've done, we've covered it a lot on the show. We have a lot of great friends from uh, uh, cowboys and cowgirls down there in Texas that have been uh, letting us know what's going on. Um, And it, 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 it's finally getting to the point where there's going to be some answers that are going to be need to be talked about. But I found it interesting that you mentioned this, and actually it, it did raise a light bulb in the back of my head when you said this, the Energy Policy Act of 1992. 
that basically is the foundation of what you're seeing as part of the problems, not just in Texas, but let's be real, this is going to be a nationwide issue if it's not addressed. Uh, th- this this bill talked about energy efficiency guidelines that you now see on every piece of uh, equipment that you buy, whether it be something for your garage and or your house, alternative fuels, electric motor vehicles, radioactive waste, and renewable energy. The Title Seven of this is what affects uh, uh, tax incentives for for people in Texas to build alternative fuels and that that whole industry that is the foundation of a big argument <laughs> about uh, climate change and the rest. Uh, barring the climate change argument, let's just say, yes, we agree that the climate is changing as it does and has for millions of years. Let's start there. The foundation of this alternative fuels thing and how these tax incentives put the problems in place that we're seeing now in Texas. Of course, we can thank George Bush. Uh, can you can you give me a little more on this um, on your thoughts of this kind of regulation from the federal level and the consequences now? What two day two, two decades later? Go ahead, Mark. What's your thoughts? Right. So, what that act basically did was gave special uh, tax incentives and treatment and depreciation to renewable energy projects. So, essentially, what the federal government was doing was interfering in the free market. And because of that, there was an abnormal rush in Texas. And I think T. Boone Pickin had a lot to do with this, if you read his stuff in Texas and Oklahoma, where he was building these big wind farms. And I don't know if he had a direct impact on this in Texas, but some of the things I read said that they went really, really like full bore into renewable energy, right? The problem with renewable energy is that you can't turn it on or off. It's working when there's wind, it's working when there's sun, and you can't store it. We don't have batteries to store it. We can't store nuclear energy or coal-fired energy or gas-fired energy either, but we can turn on or turn off those generators based on feeding them coal, feeding them gas, you know, feeding them oil, feeding them whatever it is we're feeding them, natural gas, to crank up or nuclear, right? And this is what happened. The, 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 so I'm an electrical engineer. You've got this big grid and it's basically working in coordination. It has to be quote unquote in phase. When you lose power or you add a load, you kick it out of phase. Typically, the utilities have ways to get it back in phase before things go out of control. In this case, they couldn't do that because all of these frozen wind turbines, all of these covered solar panels kicked the system out of phase and caused all these dropouts, right? And they couldn't get it back online because they couldn't get it back I'm going to use the word in phase. It's a little more complicated than that. But I have been in electro in electrical engineering labs where a motor that's on a system that goes out of phase, it literally goes to infinity in terms of speed. Yeah. And and we used to do it in the lab and there would be like safety brakes and you'd hear these things go bam, right? And it would just slow down and stop. It would disconnect. This is what was happening. And 
people who say it's because Texas disconnected their grid from everybody else and they did this, the, the, the environmentalists are lying to you. Dan Bongino did a great show, The Biggest Lie. The first 10 or 15 minutes of it gives you all the data. Yep. You know and I know that he has this new rule, like I'm not going to say anything for 48 or 72 hours until I have the real data. Smart rule. He had the real data, and it was a really good kind of quick compilation of what happened there. Okay? Yeah. It will be a lesson for the rest of the country, Right especially those parts of the country that have relatively temperate weather who could have the same thing happen. We don't have as much wind power and solar here in Ohio because it's gray all the time. Right. I mean, it really is, but you look at some of those other States and you, you look at the States that are having issues like California. It's because of their push abnormally, I believe to drive to renewable energy. Not that we shouldn't be doing it. We just have to do it smart. Right. We that's that's the point. I think that's important, Mark, is, is I actually I, I'm with uh, liberals and the left on this. I think that a government uh, uh, action to seek different energies and that project should be a, a, uh, a nuclear style undertaking for the federal government. I think. But the problem is, is the, is the left does this all the time and they, and they wrap in the rhinos in the right too, is this becomes a Ponzi scheme for putting, bringing money from the American people to the government and then distributing right. it out to their buddies instead of actual research and engineering and looking at new technologies such as uh, stuff that has been around for decades and actually solving these problems. They just use them as Ponzi schemes. The left understands that. The right understands that. It's just we are too busy pointing fingers at each other about uh, whether or not the the Earth is warming up and whether or not the uh, the sun may be going at its uh, final uh, destination or whatever that hell else may be happening out there. Maybe we're only two years away from from uh, flooding everywhere on the coast. I don't know. But the but the the, the issue that that stands here is that we can actually have federal government involvement in research and development with regards to energy. If it wasn't just a giant Ponzi scheme, that, that is the the Paris accord. That's all it really is. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Joe, what's it like for you in Illinois? Say that again. What is it like for Joe in Illinois? Like in terms of renewable energy, what, what is their, I don't know what their focus is. Like, I know I go through Indiana when my daughter went to school at, in downtown Chicago at Loyola and we drive through Indiana all the time to go visit her. And there's those huge wind farms there, but I didn't spend much time in Illinois to know, have they done the same thing? They have, yeah, they have a ton of uh, the windmills here uh, all over the place. Um, so that's definitely one of them. You know, that's an interesting question, Mark, because I've never, I actually just did research on, on Texas's uh, energy. I never did research on Chicago where I live well, to find out. I, I can, I ahead, can step in here. I, I did a lot of yeah. research on this with uh, the Madigan thing with regards to ComEd and Exelon, how that whole thing happened. There's a reason why Madigan's going away now because what they what they ended up doing here is Exelon basically bought the whole damn grid, um, at least the rights to it all, all the nuclear power plants and the rest, which is the key for for uh, Illinois. The key is nuclear power. We have nuclear power everywhere, um, and without that, the the state's a disaster. the The energy that comes from alternative fuels, yes, there's tons of wind farms all over the damn place, 
and I'd never see any dead birds, by the way, but there's tons of wind farms. Um, but the, it's it's the same thing. It's it's incentivized. Uh, the landowners get incentivized to put them up, uh, so they make money off of it. The people who build them get incentivized, so they they get a kickback for for the project. Uh, if the local senators, if they get involved, or the local politicians, then they go to the federal government. They get a kickback for it. So whether or not it's good policy or not to build these things is is beyond the argument. It's all about the money on these things, which is I, I think if. It, if the left and right can come together on something, it's wasting money on projects that don't really do any good. How about we do something about clean nuclear and the, yeah, and the aging I, I nuclear plants say, in this country? Anybody that is an environmentalist that tells you that they're not in support of new technology nuclear is just a hypocrite. Absolutely. Okay? It is safe. It is clean. It would fix our carbon emission problem overnight. We have we have but a seriously aging nuclear power grid in this country. They're being taken offline. Yeah. Right? So so the percentage of energy generated from fossil fuels, I believe, is it would must be going up. I don't know for yeah, sure. I don't it is. Say that. I mean, just just in general because be of power consumption. Decommissioning these nuclear plants. Yep. But it's also because absolutely of that. ridiculous. And, and people say, well, France's emissions are low. That's because they're all nuclear. They have nuclear plants all over the country, okay? Most countries do. We have environmentalists. It's kind of like they not only want to tell us what the problem is, but they want to give us limitations on what the solutions can be that are, are unreasonable limitations is what i would say indeed indeed it is uh we could have a discussion just on that uh probably for a couple hours mark time's flying by it's already been 45 minutes and it's a pleasure having you with us here today greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with us and i look forward to anything happen anything we can do as a channel and as a group of activist community as a whole uh to help you going forward ag nominee garland decided that he was going to dodge a bunch of questions during his hearing i didn't bother with the hearing because I already knew how that was going to go. I knew he was going to get uh, uh, confirmed because this is their this is somebody that they've wanted to get in a position of power uh, since the Supreme Court nomination way back when when he got dodged on that. It's interesting that when he was asked questions about the Durham probe and whether or not uh, we we the people will get the actual truth about what what will come out of a clearly attempted uh, d- destruction of a presidential nominee using the federal government and or world world powers when the t- when and if the truth about the Russia collusion probe and Hunter Biden's dealings with Burisma and the rest actually do come out. Do you think that Merrick Garland is the type of person that will, uh, you know, let the public know the truth about what happened here? Or do you think Merrick Garland's be put being put in place for a specific reason for the left? What's your thoughts on Merrick Garland, Mark? I think he's a pawn. Okay. I think he was a pawn. He is a pawn and he always will be a pawn. What he's basically said during this questioning was, I'm not going to commit to release, to continue the Durham investigation or release the report. He then said, but I'm also not telling you that I'm going to do the opposite. This is bad news for conservatives on the installment plan. Okay. He's just warming up and there's going to be a little bit of a brouhaha like we're talking about. And then we're going to forget about it and he's going to get approved and you're not going to see anything. That Durham investigation is going to be mothballed. Everybody's going to be gagged. It's, it's all 
I mean, you can see it. it, it they, 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 he, he's basically affecting and and and, and uh, proving uh, the use of U.S. intelligence agencies and abuse of the FISA and just regular um, uh, uh, standard investigation protocol and the rights of a defendant to have a say before being investigated. Like all this stuff happens ex party. And I don't think people understand that well enough. Our system is the accuser comes to court and the person being accused comes to court and it's all in the open. It's all in the public. You can go to the court and see it, but for things like national security and minors and things like that. Okay. What happens in FISA is the government goes to the court without the knowledge of the person who's going to be surveilled and tells the judge, we, we are, we are being absolutely honest here. This is a national security issue. And they literally lied to the judge. When if you lied to the judge in an ex party situation in civil or criminal procedure in like a locale like our county, you would probably be thrown in jail for contempt by the judge. Okay, they take these ex party actions really seriously. And this is just going to be swept under the rug and we're just going to move on. And Merrick Garland is going to be the centerpiece for doing that the linchpin for doing that, my it's, opinion. It's very frustrating. It's hard to keep hope alive when you see this is what's happened since the foundation of the FBI. Let's be real. The, 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 the purpose of the FBI is to make sure that if you are going to be a voice in American society of any kind, and especially if you're going to be anywhere around D.C., you are going to do what you're told or else your life is going to be destroyed. This has been the foundation of the FBI since its foundation, and we should expect nothing's going to change going forward either. Um, the, 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 the hint behind a cover-up of this massive nature, which has happened, that half the public doesn't even realize what really happened in the Russian investigation, nor right. do they even actually care. So the, 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 real, the real problem with this is the fact that going forward, people are going to be intimidated by people through the FBI and other places, they've already tried. They're already trying it with anyone who was at the DC in general. Anyone who dares say they're proud Trump supporters are being chastised at this point. This is going to continue and it's going to get worse. And this is why all of us are trying to stand up now to raise awareness. Appreciate you guys very much. I have about three or four other quick topics. Let's rapid fire these topics. Then we'll transfer over to a Joe rapid fire segment for the last five or eight minutes of the show. Top of the hour, we'll do a sponsor and then we'll take calls and uh, maybe uh, go delve in a little bit deeper on the rest of these other topics since we're time is just absolutely flying by here, guys. So uh, let's see here. What do I have left that I kind of wanted to, t- to touch on today? I know, Mark, you wanted to talk about Clarence Thomas a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, this story that Joe talked about as well, Clarence Thomas' GOP election challenge dissent sparks calls to investigate his wife. Now, his wife has been very vocal on social media, um, and she is uh, in the face of anybody who dares try to silence her. Uh, Ginny is somebody who I would love to have a glass of wine with and just sit down yeah, and talk because I guarantee you she's an awesome person. Um, but, uh, of course, she was uh, very vocal on social media after the stop the steal and the rest, and now they're basically uh, they're basically investigating her as well as uh, anyone who dared talk about anything that happened on Jan- January sixth because of this false narrative 
uh, that uh, MAGA or or uh, Patriots are the ones who caused the violence on that day. They're going to continue to run with that false reality, irregardless of, of, of the facts on the case. Um, let's talk a little bit in general about the Capitol and, and this stuff. Um, for instance, uh, the Sicknick side of this argument that is part of this narrative that they're trying to create uh, is is a rather interesting one. So Snopes says, let's see what let's see what the official fact checkers known as Snopes say, because we know whatever they say, it's pretty much the opposite is true. Right. Did U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick die after being hit with a fire extinguisher? Here is a story writ, written on 16 February 2021. So not even a week ago is when this was written. U.S. Capitol Police officer died after being struck with a fire extinguisher during a pro-Trump Capitol riot on January 6th. Here is the article. Law enforcement initial officials initially say Mr. Sicknick was struck by a fire extinguisher, but later police sources and investigators were at odds over whether he was hit. The story is the, a New York Times story that creates this narrative, and that is really what the story is here on this front. Uh, whether what what Snopes calls it uh, is is uh, let's see here. I don't know where's the summary of it. Um, according to one law enforcement, so it doesn't actually say whether it just kind of talks about it. Um, nonetheless, the the story of this uh, is being spun by the media to to push this uh, violence narrative. Here's a story out of the in the United Kingdom of the Daily Mail. Uh, he was the martyred face of the Capitol riot, but now the mother of a hero cop, Brian Signick, says she believes her son died of a fatal stroke, not a fire extinguisher to the head. Um, you, Mark, we're continuing to see the media push this narrative that the violence was caused by Trump supporters right. when it's clear to, to anybody who looks at it, uh, the violence was not caused by Trump supporters. What's your thoughts on this, Mark? Right. So. I think she testified in front of Congress that he did not die from a head injury from being hit by a fire extinguisher. That was absolutely fabricated and made up. He died of what she said they think was a stroke, but I do not believe they know entirely. It could have been a heart attack or something like that. I, my guess is they probably didn't do an autopsy. They probably didn't do the autopsy because he had no physical injuries, right? Right. If it had been a physical injury, they would have done the autopsy because they would have needed the evidence to charge someone. Okay. I mean, we've all watched these shows on TV. We understand how criminal procedure works and I'm not being funny here. We do. Okay. There were also a couple of people who were MAGA supporters that died there. It's It sounds like they died in like hand to hand combat or something. Listen, these folks were, they had heart attacks. Okay. I think two people died of heart attacks. They were older, not in great shape. They're all excited. They're panicking, whatever. They died of heart attacks. No one died from violence that day. Okay. They died. Well, the one heart attack happened right behind us. It was, it was from the flashbang that was shot right over our heads. And that guy was right at the wall and just collapsed right away. So, I, I mean, the violence was caused by the Capitol police. The violence was caused by, uh, some some instigators that were there and w- following the money on that is why they're trying to continue to push this story of white supremacy and the rest. Joe, thoughts on this real quick? Uh, yes, I got a million thoughts, but none of them are quick. Uh, <laughs> Methods and I talked about this on on his show as well. Um, I, I don't I don't even know where to go with it, man. I really don't. I I, I was kind of pissed off to be honest with you because I watched the majority of it. 
And you're the, the way that they just try to frame this whole thing again, it, it's irritating. We were there. We saw what happened. We know that, the, that, you know, 99.9% of the Patriots there are truly just wanted to be there to have their voices heard. And nobody, nobody that was even close to us um, was, was in, in any way sort uh, of, uh, you know, aggressive at all towards any cops or anything. I mean, it's, nor did they have any weapons or firearms. Well, that was the other thing they're saying. Yeah. They making it seem like it was literally like it was just all of us Trump supporters with baseball bats and guns and knives. And like, we're in the middle of a street fight or something. We went there to literally watch Trump speak. That is the only reason why we went the people that's as we got closer to the Capitol, the people that we saw that had on the equipment that had the helmets on, that had the glasses on, that had the armor on, those are the people that stuck out to us like sore thumbs because obviously, like I just said, we were there to watch a speech and that was it. Yep. Good stuff, Joe. Um, all right. We're already uh, five minutes to the top of the hour, Joe. Uh, let's go ahead and run through uh, what you had. We'll, we'll kick off on these topics a little more in the second half when we hear from you guys. So uh, if you guys can, if you if we can try to limit the calls to one, some of the topics that we've talked about today with Mark or specific questions from Mark, uh, we'll do the Save the Digs style stuff for tomorrow. So let's uh, let's try to stay on point on, on the topics today. Um, if you want to call or pontificate on those, please do. I would love to hear from you. Uh, let me hand it over to Joe for a rapid fire segment here, and then we'll get you guys uh, over to the call-in show for the second half. Yep, throw me the share screen. I got a, just a couple of quick articles to go over with you guys. Good to go. And it's going to have a little bit of a Chicago flair. Uh, the first one I got for you is actually the center square. And this is, you know, not the best article, but actually it was super interesting. This is the the Sunday read. So this come out uh, Sunday. But basically Madigan's legacy, the number one reason for term limits. Um, If you get a chance to read this article, it's super interesting. It actually also mentions other states and some of the same similar things that needs to happen, like in Arizona and Colorado and California, some of this stuff that needs to happen. So I thought it was a super uh, interesting article there. Um, Next one I had was Governor Pritzker actually signs the police reform bill. Oh, man. You know, now they're saying, however, others say this change is a good one and emphasize while the bill's been signed, the conversation about it isn't going to stop. And we, if we know anything about Pritzker and, and what's really going on here, uh, we definitely know that the conversation's going to stop and we know they're going to push for the reform what do you guys think about that police reform that Pritzker's pushing? Any comments on that? I haven't actually heard heard too much about it. What's what's the the major same criticism thing? No it? cash bail, the same bullshit everywhere else. No cash bails. Um, you know the the same police reform that they're pushing in Oregon and all these other oh, Democrat runs. So, yeah. So a version of defund the police that bad? That bad. Wow. That bad. That is a major problem. We'll have to do some more digging on that and bring you guys more on that. Uh, we'll try to do that tomorrow, guys. Good stuff, Joe. You know, the only thing I'd say is, how's that working everywhere else? <laughs> That's the point. Right? Exactly. That is exactly the point. I mean, we uh, know the definition of insanity, right? Continuing to do the same, do the same thing, thing. different results. I mean, how... How is that like appropriate in our personal lives or we're teaching our kids that and we can't seem to get that through uh, the head of politicians? 
mean, this I, is just ridiculous. It, it ridiculous. is ridiculous, Mark, and it's just very frustrating for for people who are uh, are affected by these ignorant policies. Go ahead, Joe. Finish up. Yeah, just uh, another one, a quick one here. Uh, this was out of the New York Post. Uh, New York Post. So. Uh, Ghislaine, Ghislaine, however you pronounce it, Maxwell offers to give up UK French citizenship to get out of jail. She is not having a good time in the Brooklyn jail. Basically, it says that uh, socialite uh, Maxwell is so desperate to get out of the Brooklyn jail cell that she's offering to renounce her UK and French citizenship in exchange for her freedom. (laughs) Eh, Good luck. Uh, with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, I thought, was just kind of an uplifting story. USA Today. I love freedom and liberty. 88-year-old Venezuelan man with terminal cancer fulfills his dying wish of becoming a U.S. citizen. This is super cool, man, with everything that's been going on. And, and of course, the huge discussion uh, about immigration right now. Um, you know, I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation of purpose or evasion. So help me God. Uh, he does the whole thing uh, and he can't, he just basically says he's so emotional and so excited um, to have this opportunity. I love my freedom, my liberty, all the good things that you have in this country. He wants to be a part of it. Just thought that was a really cool story there. Yeah. Um, some, somebody who knows uh, what, what real oppression looks like. Yeah, exactly. The Daily Mail. This one threw me for a loop, and I haven't done too much digging on it, but this did nuclear CIA device in the Himalayas trigger India's glacier flood? What? What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought this was super interesting. I did read the article. Uh, this was uh, the other day, yesterday, or a couple of days ago. But basically, it's 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 talking about in the 60s, the U.S. collaborated with India to place monitoring devices in the mountain range to spy on Chinese missile tests. It goes on and talks about the Cold War and a bunch of other things. But this is super interesting, man. Uh, that's why I thought I'd bring that up. That one I want to read for sure. Drop that one in here in the Zoom chat when you get a second. <laughs> That I can do. And then I, let me see. I'm trying to get to this other one, but my share screen's in the way and it won't move. Move. There we go. Uh, so this one, another story here that I think isn't being talked about a lot. Iraq's ancient Christian community decimated by violence and fear. Some fled after the U.S. led invasions, other during the Secretarian bloodshed and more following jihadist attacks. Iraq's last two violent decades have hollowed out its Christian community with dates back to two millennia. Yep. Well, the Yazidis have uh, been tortured uh, people in, in Iraq for, for um, I, way too long, thousands of years. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the untold story of the horrific uh, actions that this country took in Iraq. Uh, that's the story that needs to be told is that we basically uh, facilitated the destruction of, of, of uh, historic people. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a huge story that that isn't being told at all. That's why I wanted to bring that up. Uh, just the last one I got for you real quick. This was a Florida, De- Florida deputy actually rescues a 13 year old girl. Um, this story, man, ugh, this reading this. So basically what happened is, is luckily after she left school, this 13 year old, 
she mentioned to some of her school friends that she was going to meet with someone from the internet at a motel. If she wouldn't have mentioned that and they didn't get a hold of her granddaughter and the, or the grandmother and the grandmother wasn't able to get a hold of some of her friends to find that information out, God forbid what could have possibly happened there. So good story. The guy got arrested and hopefully he gets bent over the rest of his time in jail. Good stuff. That's Joe. all I got for you guys. Good stuff, Joe. Great, a great rapid fire segment there as always. Good eye on that stuff. Uh, some interesting articles for sure. We'll put a couple of those up on the blog on the website later on tonight, especially that India article. Check out our sponsors, riseattireusa.com. Uh, they have a great gear, great stuff for someone who uh, wants to make a message. They have quality gear. They also have the Clown World face mask that the FBI should be required to wear around everywhere they go. Uh, I, might, I might get that censored one. I like that one a little bit. Uh, here's the Foxhole gear on here as well, the Foxhole.app gear. Uh, new awesome gear from, from, uh, from those guys as well as the Red Pill uh, 78 and Method Signature Series that they have there as well. Use discount code ABEWAVE if you guys get something there. You can help support this channel, get awesome gear, and, uh, you know, uh, rise attire. Good people, uh, p- proud people, and uh, it is uh, an honor to have them with our side. Uh, RiseAttireUSA.com. Check them out when you guys get time. Here is the quick promo. Give me a minute and a half of your time if you want to get a cup of coffee. We'll see you guys at the top of the hour. Or after that with uh, Colin Show. Much love. USA.com. Check them out. Discount code ABEWAVE. Get 10% discount and uh, get some awesome gear. Appreciate those guys for helping to support the channel here, as well as all of you out there. Do me a favor. Share the stream. Uh, get it out shared far and wide. If you can, just share the website. Tell people to bookmark it so they can find me and find the blog and how to get a hold of us. And if you want to help in other ways, the website is where you can go to on that as well. All right, guys. And- Real quick, don't forget, um, if you do order something from there, please go to the website and leave a review for him. Those reviews go a really far away, uh, very far and very long. I just got my Method shirt. And let me tell you, the quality on these shirts is like nothing you've seen. It's very high quality, good stuff. I just wanted to bring that up.
Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Joe's new Joe's new shirt that he he modeled for us. So there you go. Uh, appreciate it. All right, guys. Yeah, if we can, if we could try to keep the calls uh, relevant, we'll save the digs style stuff for another time. But uh, questions, comments from Mark or anything about the topic that we the topics that we talked about today, I would greatly appreciate that. I see our brother Texan is uh, hopping in here right now. We'll get him in here in a moment. Uh, just one last quick thing that I wanted to talk about uh, from earlier today. Um, and, and Mark, I wanted to get your, your take on this, uh, the stuff that's going on over there in California with regards to uh, governor Newsom and the signatures, this guy has, uh, very deep ties with very powerful people. Uh, I I'm, I'm optimistic that the, that the people may try to get something done here with regards to this recall effort. But then again, Newsom, uh, Newsom has some strings he can pull too as well. What's your thoughts on what's happening over there in California? So as I understand it, they have the million and a half, I believe it's a million and a half signatures that they need to get this on the ballot. Yep. But now he's saying that those signatures need to be signature verified. Okay. At the same time, they weren't doing signature verification during the election. So it's another (laughs) hypocritical thing. It's, it's the hypocrisy (laughs) at the highest level, just like his French laundry dinner and Nancy Pelosi's salon visit, it's, you know, it's good for thee, but not for me. These are people who don't care about you and I. They only care about controlling us and having power over us. They're evil, okay? We've talked about this before. We could spend a whole two hours on ponderology and sociopathy and psychopathy. These are mentally ill human beings. And the last thing they should be, do is, be doing is telling us what to do. I, I hope he gets lamb, lambasted or lambasted, depending upon how you prefer. Well, my understanding was is that they were near 1.7 or 1.8, and they took into consideration that they figured a lot of those were going to be kicked right. back. Right. So good yeah. for them to, to kind of double up on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know uh, we know Newsom has uh, very powerful ties with with Pelosi and the rest, and the the whole the whole power structure of California, if not half of D.C. for that matter. I'd be shocked if the people's voices are heard with regards to a recall petition in California. But we'll see. Texan, welcome into the show here today, bro. What's on your mind, man? Hey, man, appreciate y'all having me, and uh, Mr. Uh, Paquito, right? Yes, Paquito, yeah. like the banana, but with a P, or the power tool with a P. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got, I got the that's how, You got it. That, that's how I remembered how to say it instead of Chiquita. Is Texas, where are you? Where are you, man? Uh, I'm in Texas, down here really? around around Dallas. Okay, because I lived in Dallas. I lived at Addison for a while, and I've got family in Houston, in Cy Fair, and in uh, uh, Sugar, yeah, near Sugarland, uh, but that that area. Yeah, Sugarland's a nice area. It really is. Oh yeah, yeah. I got. I have a niece who has three boys, and uh, she's. She and her husband trying for a fourth, and the fourth is a boy, too. She wanted a girl. <laughs> uh, so, but in my family, too, my niece and my daughter, uh, Man, three grandbabies or great nephews, all boys. And they got a basketball team. That's pretty impressive. And they're Texan, too. They are Texan, let me tell you. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm the uh, the second youngest of six boys that my dad had. So, God bless can, you, man. God bless him and your mom. Yeah, yeah, right. It was really hard on my mom. Seven men in the house, or seven, you know, males in the house, and her. Yeah, it was. She's a tough lady for sure. But uh, yeah, uh, y'all were talking about the uh, the the lawsuit that Ken Paxton filed, yeah. and uh, I wanted to uh, touch on that a little bit more if we could. Um, 
Now, I'm not, I'm not a constitutional scholar by any means, but uh, going on uh, what uh, Mark Levin uh, had brought up about that was said that uh, that is basically the perfect case for the Supreme Court to hear, an argument right. between states. And that's basically what the Supreme Court's there to do. And uh, the, the, the case had merit. It had standing. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, it carried a lot of weight. And I mean, what happened there? How if the Supreme Court won't hear a case like that, what in the world do we do? I mean, they use the right. very weak uh, argument that um, it was it was impossible to show how one state's election laws uh, uh, caused harm to somebody from Texas, for instance. So, how did Pennsylvania's state election laws cause harm to you? That's the argument that they had. Mark, what's your thoughts, man? I think it's pretty simple. I mean, we already talked about this, right? If everybody's playing by the rules except five states that have a lot of electoral votes and can swing an election, everybody in every other state has been disenfranchised. Their vote literally doesn't count. I I don't understand how the Supreme Court didn't take it up. And more than that, we had... uh, we had an attorney general here that filed an amicus brief that said he basically didn't agree with either other either side. Okay. You want to talk about submitting something for clicks, Dave Yost for clicks and for publicity. Think about that, right? It's an amicus brief. Usually it's one side or the other. It's like, yeah, I don't agree with either side. It's kind of like, who cares, Dave? So, how, so, Tex, how do the folks in Texas feel about the way that was handled and treated? I mean, does it does it fire up the secession folks or what? How did that go down? Well, yeah, it fired a lot of people up because, you know, we, we were like, uh, you know, hell yeah, Texas is leading the charge in this, you know, and uh, it, it was a solid case. It was a good case and everybody was uh, jazzed up about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they were just let down. What it really exposed was uh, two things, though. See, Ted Cruz, he offered to to uh, litigate the case in the Supreme Court, right. whereas our our other our our other guy, Mr. John Cornyn, Cornyn. yeah, Mr. Uh, liberal Closet Cornyn, uh, or Cl- Closet Liberal Cornyn, he he sided with the other side and said, uh, "No, nah, Texas is out of bounds. They shouldn't be doing this." and and he just went totally the opposite way. So that really exposed something there for the people of Texas. And right. I got a feeling John Cornyn might be paying for that one. Yeah, he should. And, and and so should our attorney general. And I do not understand why every Republican, attor- Republican attorney general didn't get on that case. Right? Just get on it. I agree. Same exact document. A large majority of them, a large group did, not enough of them. Yeah. That's the problem. Not if enough, you, if, you, if they, they would have been unified, then you would have been able to send a message to the Supreme well, Court. Well, Ohio wasn't on it, right? Ohio's one of the bigger yeah. states. Well, that's the wine for you. I'm sure he's still, I'm sure he stepped in and said, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was going to say. That, that there were, there were, I think, what, six or seven states, yeah. I think, something like that. Yeah. But uh, beyond that, you're right. It should have been every single one. And like Alan just said, they should have been unified. And, but I mean, uh, sir, you're running for office and uh, you're running for a federal Senate seat, correct? I'm running for U.S. Senate, correct? U.S. Yeah. Senate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, 
what in the world can we do with the Supreme Court like that? I mean, is that just the end of the line? Is that a dead end? Or what, what do we do about that? So, so here's, that's a great question. I've been asked that question before. If you're a conservative and you believe in following the rule of law, then there really, I think there is only one solution. And that solution is uh, to do everything like the Democrats do, right? So we've got to take back the Republican Party at the county level. So people like you should be running in your ward or your precinct or however it's structured in Texas, probably by ward, by county, you should be running for your Republican County Central Committee, okay? It doesn't take many, many signatures. You're on the ballot during the primary, and you're literally elected to go represent Republicans on that committee. The same thing needs to happen at the state level. Right now, we had Jane Timken, who I believe is, is uh, at least co-opted, if not corrupt, step down to run for Senate, We've got a guy by the name of John Becker that's going to run for he, he's in the, the 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 state legislature. He's going to run for the Ohio. He's very conservative. He's the one who brought the impeachment articles against DeWine recently. He's going to run. I think the election is on the 26th for the head of the Ohio GOP. If that happens, that's a good move for us. OK, it's also a good move for you that we're doing that. OK, so you got to take back the GOP from the bottom up. There's all this talk about a third party. I think that's a bad decision. I think we'd have Democrat rule for the next 50 years. As I like to say, we've got to rebuild this plane while we're flying it. Like I worked for EDS. I worked for Ross Perot back in the day. And he would say, we're going to build this thing while we're flying it. Right. Like that, that, that was always the answer when we were like, Ross, we don't know if we can do this. He'd be like, bullshit. We can do this. Okay. We're, we we got to keep it going, but we're going to rebuild this plane while we're flying it. And and that was a great analogy to me for, for what we have to do. The second thing we have to do is that Matt, we have got the litmus test for me was anybody who did not vote to object to the certification of the Electoral College results in the House or the Senate needs to be primaried. Every freaking Republican. And it's all but like 130 of them or something like that. If you, you look at the list, I've got a, I can send you the link. I can give, give Alan the link. Yeah. Give me that. I'll it's, definitely it's back you on that. It's, it's in the Epic times. There's a list of who voted for and who voted against every one of those stinkers needs to be primaried, including guys in Ohio, like Steve Stivers, who I never thought was, was that kind of guy. He caved. Anthony Gonzalez needs to be primaried, and there's a guy running for it. I mean, I know in my state, you will probably know in your state, but every one of those stinkers needs to be primaried. And we need to get more people like me there, more people like, and you can say, oh, she's crazy, uh, or or, uh, she's carrying a gun, she's nuts. I mean, AOC's nuts, right? (laughs) Ilhan Omar's nuts. Your definition of nuts depends on what your politics are. We need more people that are disruptors that will stand up and have the cojones to call an end to this Democrat nonsense. I mean, it is literally juvenile high school nonsense. They're not doing business. They're screwing around. It's just, it's ridiculous to me. I mean, I I just can't even fathom it. I know. It's very frustrating. It's um, to be able to stand for... uh, 
you know, basic principles of loving the country and doing what's best for the people around you shouldn't be that complicated. But for some reason today it is. Texan, any other thoughts before I let you go, bro? Uh, I just want to say that we've got high hopes for uh, uh, Van Dyne that was the mayor of Irving that we just sent up to Washington. And uh, But, sir, uh, uh, good luck in your endeavors on your, on your Senate, you. on, on your bid. And uh, God bless you, sir, and uh, thank you for taking the time. Same to you. Thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. Good Appreciate stuff. it big time. Yeah, good stuff, Taxi. Good to hear from you, brother. Take awesome. care. See you all later. Good stuff from the Texan. I several other calls. I want to, I want to get as many of them in here as possible. So I appreciate that Texan. Good stuff as always. Uh, let's see. Next caller we have is Alexandria Occasional Cortex is in the house. <laughs> Speaking of AOC. So we'll What's get up, AOC, AOC in here real quick while his audio is, is collecting. Uh, Gary, good to see you over there in uh, the, the foxhole.app hanging out there with us. Appreciate all your, all your comments over there in chat. Richard, descendant of brands in the house. Good to see you, brother. Great stuff on that stuff, by the way. Uh, got, got some more play on that today, I see. Uh, Kristen, JR uh, Arizona Patriot, appreciate you over there in uh, YouTube as well. Make sure that uh, those of you that are over on YouTube, check out the website so you can find where to find us if we're not up on YouTube. It's going to be rare shows on YouTube, so make sure you know where you can find us on, on alternate platforms, especially the foxhole.app. Uh, Thumper Rolls, good to see you out there as always. Whole ball as well. God bless you. Thank you for your commentary out there as well. I see you. Uh, great comments all the time. Um, Thumper Rolls, I just never get a chance to mention all of them, but I see you out there. Appreciate it. All right, AOC's in the house, hanging out roadside. No snow. Must be fucking nice. Hot and sunny. <laughs> it's really nice in here, and good to good to meet y'all. Um, congrats on putting your foot in the ring there. I was a twenty twenty. U.S. Senate candidate myself uh, for the Republican nomination. Where? Uh, in Arizona. So I was okay. running against Rick Stiley. And, uh, and I went into that specifically because it was no name, Mick Stain, um, his seat, and that I would have been fulfilling the last couple. But uh, mostly knowing that there was high corruption going on there. And so I went went into it and uncovered a lot of things that, I mean, technically I have standing, you know, speaking of court cases that we've been dealing with. But, um, and I just got to say, like, yeah, there was rampant election fraud. It starts the second you apply. Correct. And I know Katie Hobbs is as corrupt as they come. I know the mafia there in uh arizona is well known to be corrupt but anyway there's a lot we can do by running i i totally agree with you i've mentioned here last time i think on this show that uh national liberty alliance is doing great work uh and have a step-by-step how to uh become a committee man in your district and and that's a you know that's getting on the ballot and right. I mean, you're here. you're actually an elected official. It's the yeah, real deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And it's not like I mean, a Senate race, as you're probably finding out, is is quite a big deal, and it costs a lot of money. Yep. And you know, you're up against more than you even realize. You know, they're they're not there to help you get in. The Secretary of State yeah. is not on your side. The election. Uh, little things like, uh, they wouldn't give me my walking papers. 
They said oh, it really? be 60 days uh, because of COVID. I was like, 60 days? The primary is in less than 60 days. And, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, you got to give them to me today. You know, that's. that's so what election. they did to me right out of the box was I signed up for this campaign boot camp for like new uh, uh, candidates who've never run before. And I was the first to sign up a month or more before the class. And three days before the class, they basically send me this gobbledygook word salad, you know, politically written thing like about not having room. And I'm like, excuse me, this must be a form letter because I have a ticket. And, and basically after going back and forth, and I knew where it was going, so I was kind of pushing their buttons. It's like, if you show up, your ticket will not be honored. And then I had to go with a, a, a number of other emails, and they finally said, uh, we're not interested in supporting your candidacy at this time. That's not their job, right? Yeah. That is not yeah. their job to support or not support my candidacy. They can endorse or not endorse me, but supporting or not supporting my candidacy is none of their business, right? Yeah. And if I'm elected in the primary, it is their job to support me going into the general election because the Republicans in Ohio picked me. Yeah. And you probably ran into the same thing. They think this is top down. They think they're going to tell us what to do. It doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. It starts individual voter up and we got to take back the party and take back the country. And I think it's great that you did what you do did and you need to keep doing it and you need to keep talking about it with people. You need to educate them on what happened and how dirty it is. It is filthy business and we're going to expose it all. Absolutely. You know, we, the people have the power. We have a list of 2 million communist party members. We have dirt and emails and WikiLeaks and, like, it's all out there. I mean, we're a lot of us are still waiting for a D class, but okay, you know, I mean, stuff has been happening. And we, the people, have the information to lock up 90% of these jokers that are quote-unquote elected officials that now we realize a good chunk of them probably weren't legitimately elected, you know, and we're definitely taking some money. We know a lot of them, but there's a lot that we just don't know yet that did take the money. And uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, you think Doug Collins it, really lost that primary no. election in Georgia? Hell no. Hell no. There's hell no, no There's no way. It, when I got out of my campaign, I um, was when they claimed I withdrew from my campaign, I never did. Right. But somebody else elected that to happen but i took all my resources and helped uh, joe ray perkins campaign right and uh oregon is where i grew up as a kid till i was about 18 and the first to do mail-in voting back in 95 or maybe it was 94 um but by 95 it was 100 percent mail so what most people don't realize they figure well we've never had voter fraud and they don't realize this was the test bed for it. And this is where they first started. You know, people think that the West Coast has always just been blue. It was, it didn't turn blue until all these state by state. Not Oregon or Washington. Yeah. Yeah. They started rigging it 
a hundred percent of the time since then. And now there hasn't been any Republicans really in those they, three states. They started changing the way that they, they counted votes too and the way that pe the way that they counted the uh you yeah. know, the top three ranked choice or whatever the hell that right. crap is. That stuff's gonna be starting to be pushed, uh watch yeah, as that ranked choice voting is bad. Yeah, that, that is, stuff's gonna continue to be pushed. AOC, I really appreciate your call, bro. Any other yeah, thoughts I before I let you go, man? And just to reiterate, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And check out nationallibertyalliance.org slash becoming-committeeman, I think it is, something like that. Or just do a search for that. But um, I think it's something that a lot of people can do. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't cost a lot of time. Uh, check into there. Take their course. They've got a constitution course. Uh, pay them five bucks a year become a member of the NAT, the NLA. It's totally worth the five bucks a year. Give them more if you can, of course. They got a lot of great resources there for sure. There. They got a great resource. They've got a great Monday night uh, call-in um, discussing a lot of things. And yeah, check it out. And good luck on your Thank campaign. You. And I'm sure you got a lot of patriots that'll join, join your race with you and help you out with that moving forward. They, anyway, they congratulations. are stepping up big time. We just need as many as we can get because we're going to be fighting a big uphill battle in terms of name recognition and money. But uh, yeah, well, done it before. We got, a lot of, we got a lot of people behind you, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll find some. Yeah. And I need help right. from out of state too. I need people to spread the word and send us money as as much as they can or or, or can afford. Uh, uh, you know, some people don't realize that you can donate to candidates that aren't in your state. I'm finding that out. It's like, oh, I can? Like, a lot of people don't know that, right? Especially if you I'm live in China. Of, if you live in China, yeah. you can donate uh, all over the United States. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if all you're right, going to well, be here in bundle. <laughs> well, good luck to you all, and uh, uh, God bless America. Yeah, Have a God good bless day. America. God bless America. Bye for now. Great call, AOC. Have a good one, brother. Much love, AOC. Appreciate you big time, man. Good stuff. AOC uh, always bringing some good stuff. And, yeah, I mean, you know, hearing your experiences about what happened when you try to stand up to uh, to do it is is really interesting. And, and the stories of all of us from uh, how each different state uh, basically tries to make it hard for anybody to run. If I, I wanted to run as an independent in, in Illinois, and it, they make it damn near impossible <laughs> They make it damn near impossible. If you you have to run as a Republican or Democrat in Illinois, if you want to run as an independent, forget about it. Dizzy Kincaid in the house hanging out with us here today. Dizzy, what's up, brother? How are you? Yo, what's up, homies? What's up, Joe? What's up, Abe? Mark? Yeah. Uh, very much enjoyed uh, listening to you, man. Thanks. Um, as uh, as as a, a, a fellow PA resident, I love the Texans sticking up for us. And uh, what's not to be lost in all of this is actually Pennsylvania has a strong Republican House and Senate. Yeah. Now, I mean, let let's not let's, not let's not argue about D's and R's and the deep state and you know whatever. Uh, it, it was disgusting, dude. It it, it pissed me the f off. Uh, but we got some strong people and. Uh, that rat bastard Toomey got censured, and look, if if we look across, there there's a lot of senators 
that voted against Trump that have gotten censured, right? right. So you can't lose the the trees for the forest, right? So uh, to the degree they can, there there are some states, at least figuratively, holding these people accountable. And I think what that reflects is the phone calls that are coming in from the constituents. And you need to keep that coming if you live in any of these big swing states. Hell, hell, if you live in any state. And um, Abe and Joe, I I would just like to refer uh, to one of our good friends, Tracy Beans. Yeah. Uh, It was about a week ago. Um, and I would encourage everyone out there because uh, her guest had a very good uh, hour-long discussion about how you get involved in changing local politics at the grassroots level because so many of these positions aren't even filled. Yes. You don't, you don't even need votes. You Franklin County, vote. here's an example. Franklin County, Ohio, where I am, 154 representatives in the Central Committee. 40 of those spots are open, 40. People didn't even run. Here's a story for you. A guy ran. He didn't get elected. He had zero votes. He was too lazy to go vote for himself. Think about that. And he got in, didn't he? No, he didn't. But you could have, oh. we could have 40, didn't vote. 40 conservative voices there that would pretty much take over that committee if someone just stepped up and went. And, and Mark, you're you're so right because uh, the name of the video, just for everyone out there, on Tracy Beans's YouTube channel. And I hate to, you know, push you to YouTube, the evil enemy, but that's just the link. It's called "This Is How We Win," and she posted it a week ago. And what this gentleman, her guest, is, and much like Mark is uh, talking about here, is grassroots level. I mean, dude, half of these positions are just vacant. If you care about this country, you can get in. And and once you get in, you can start putting like serious pressure on these rhino establishment Republicans. Like we, we have a very good vehicle for taking the party over. And uh, Mark, to your point that you made earlier about uh, this third party nonsense. I mean, we saw what happened to uh, Perot uh, during Bush versus Clinton and screw both of them, you know what I mean? But look what Perot cost Bush, you know? And libertarians, conservatives, uh, people that are constitutionalists. This isn't a European parliamentary type of system where we have representative votes and we need to just wake up to that nasty fact. It sucks. Yeah. But the only way that we actually get real representation is by taking over a corrupt effing party which right. is what the GOP is to many levels right yeah you're right man and, and that's that's the key part of what we all got to do and it's 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 really important i i'm, I'm with you there man uh we have to find people to step up yeah and it's you know that's the problem is just getting people that 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 are are able their life is in a situation where they can step up or 
um, you know, it's frustrating. It's, it's like, how do you get more people involved? And, and, you know, where's that answer? Joe, I saw you wanting to try to get in here on this too. No, you guys uh, completely knocked it out of the park, Dizzy. Um, you know, we've discussed it on the show multiple times. And ever since Mark was on last time, we've continued that same trend of, of the boots on the ground, the grassroots uh, movement, and how we all need to get involved in any aspect because every aspect has been uh, infiltrated by the Democrats and by the left. So it's not only, uh, you know, it's school boards, it's, in, you know, it's in the schools, it's everywhere. Right. So th- that's why it's such a huge grassroots effort, but it's super important. So, so here's another example of this, right? I've got people calling the various GOP organizations in the 88 counties to say, hey, our guy wants to come meet with your endorsement committee or your candidate screening committee. And one guy said, yeah, we've are, I've, I've already decided that we're going to endorse so-and-so. And my, the person on the phone, you know, that was setting this up for our campaign said, well, wait a minute. You haven't even met Mark. You haven't even talked to him. And they were like, well, I don't really need to know about that because I'm supporting so-and-so. Now, first of all, this is a committee head. That committee head does not speak for the entire committee, right? So we're going to take every one of these conversations, document them, and put them out in the public and let people know what's going on. So committee heads within Ohio need to understand we are going scorched earth on this, okay? We are not holding back. We are going to expose everything. We're going to do it with the media, too. I had a media guy, a program director, basically said, we're not interested in interviewing. We, we declined to interview you, right? What do you mean? I'm a candidate, right? You're supposed to interview all candidate candidates. I'm making myself available. We're going to put that out on social media, and we're going to make him pay for that, right? We're going to let people know, and we're going to tell them, listen, this is what's going on at your local radio station. You should shut that station off. Yep. exactly what I'm you not, do. I'm not asking for anything special. I'm just asking for equal time to talk about my platform like anybody else, but they're not going to give it to me. Well, if they're not going to give it to me, then they're going to get it. The they're good old, the good old boys club is, is, uh, is, is head headstrong in all of these States. I mean, that, Anybody who is not part of their plan, uh, they, they, they do everything they can to, to stop you. Dizzy, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Mark has got the Trump mentality, whether he agrees with him a thousand percent or whatever percentage is. It's about 999%. Yeah. But, but, but what, what Trump taught us is how to fight, right? We don't yeah. accept we don't accept their lies. We don't even accept their premise, right? So when you ask me that stupid-ass question, I'm not even going to answer your question because it's already slanted, and and uh, the, the Mitch McConnell-backed media – or not media, but the Mitch McConnell-backed uh, donors and so on can suck it because we're here for war figuratively, politically, but we are here to take over the corporately corrupt Democrat and both GOP who have been just beholden to the the, the Chamber of Commerce, to big tech, to big farm, 
to Raytheon and you name it. And we actually care about the workers. And um, there was a poll that just came out about blue collar workers and their affiliation. And the Republican Party grew 12%. That's a big deal. Democrats lost nine. Now you can get down into, you know, some of the things, uh, the the various, you know, race, whatever, which is what the Democrats love, how to break everything down. But the fact is that the Republican Party, at least under Trump and the America First agenda, now leans towards, you know, the, the blue collar now leans towards Republican we've got a slim majority there and I think we can keep chipping away at it because I mean, fucking Biden, sorry for my French, but he's only going to help us because he's just going to keep just killing the pockets of blue collar people. There was an interesting discussion. That needs to be our message. There's an interesting discussion on Bloomberg. I love listening to those guys because they always given that, giving that perspective tells you where their minds are. And they had a discussion about how this is going to, this budget battle, this one point X trillion dollar budget battle is going to be a battle between the left and uh, progressives and, uh, and, and centrists and whether or not they are that uh, the Biden administration is going to kowtow to the left that is an interesting take on whether or not what happens here because the, the we know that the left is not politically strong to, to do the right thing as far as what's best for their party as a whole. Watch as the left just takes over and says, no, you're going to do this no matter what, and if you don't, you're going to have a war at your hands. How that dynamic plays out is going to be interesting for 2022. Dizzy, last, last far, let you go, bro. 17%. That's the number. 17% of that $2 trillion stimulus is going to actually make its way to U.S. taxpayers and workers. The rest is all fluff and stuff and bailouts to failed liberal states, handouts to countries that hate us. And how, how, um, how, are, how are we okay with that? How are we the people okay with that? Hand out, as you said, handouts to people who hate us. How, how does that happen? How do they not get run out of D.C.? I, I, they, they've been doing this shit for years, and it's, it's both parties. And it's disgusting. I mean, it, the what, what, $23 trillion of debt, and who knows what the unrealized debt figure is. It's probably... There getting close to a hundred trillion. The I Social mean, Security and, Trust Fund. Yeah, I mean, what a lie! I mean, we we need people who are actually going to start speaking truth about fiscal responsibility, and uh, you know, and and it's both sides. It, it's it it just blows my mind that people are so put to sleep by a two thousand dollar check that's going to let them buy some bullshit off of Amazon. But, oh, hey, that's fine. That makes my belly feel warm inside right now. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, right. screw my kids. I hear you, you know, Dizzy. With that, I, I'm, I'm going to peace out. No, hold on I, a sec, D- Dizzy. Uh, right. Joe, Joe wanted to get in here, and then we'll let you go. A couple more callers will hop in here momentarily. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all your calls and uh, information as usual. Good stuff, Dizzy. Joe, go ahead. No, no, you're all good, man. I just want to say, Dizzy, thanks for the call, brother. Always good input. And I uh, hope to hear from you soon, brother. 
Yo, just uh, real quick, Mark. Uh, Joe doesn't know who the Muppets are. <laughs> <laughs> you swore you wouldn't bring it up. Yeah, I lied. Oh. I lied. Sorry, I'm running for office. Really? No, no, no. Rock, Don't listen to him. Under. All right, cut him off, Abe. Cut him off, Abe. Get him out of here. Dizzy, love you, bro. <laughs> love Thanks, you, man. <laughs> there was one at one of them I couldn't think of. Just one. I remember the rest. I mean, come on. Okay. Oh, good stuff, Dizzy. Appreciate you. Appreciate you big time, bro. Uh, let's see here. Uh, one, one other caller. We got an open line. If you guys want to hop on, now's your chance. Denise will come in uh, from across the pond and let us know what's on her mind. Uh, and then we'll have uh, probably time for maybe one or two quick calls. Uh, if you guys still want to get in there, open line now. Denise, uh, God bless you. What's on your mind? Hope all is well across the pond over there. Denise is... Connecting her audio? No. I'm here. There you are. Yeah, be loud, Denise. How are you? God bless you. Hi. Um, it's it's a, a thought that's been on my mind, re-elections. We know that there was rife uh, corruption in the elections. How are you going to sort it before not only before 2024 but 2022 because they are still using those machines i think that the poll workers who were involved in that um corruption i don't know very many of those that haven't been arrested and charged and uh faced any jail time um extremely few of those um and until that is sorted out, I can't see anything being altered. And I'm sorry if that's a downer for you. No, I, but, I, I think you're accurate. Yeah. But I can't see until people are made to pay the consequences for the actions. I can't see it being right. any different in 2022 2024 because they they just they'll just carry on and do exactly what they did before because nobody's been held accountable so first of all i totally agree with you second of all i wish that american voters had the knowledge about our system and the corruption in our system that you do how can you being across the pond know more about our elections than 90% of our, our electorate. Okay. That that's just disturbing to me. Okay. And it's not disturbing that, you know, that much it's disturbing that we know so little. So what, what do we do between now and 2022? What we do between now and 2022 has to happen at the state level. There will be nothing done at the federal level. We need to change voting laws within each state that has problems. The five swing states that had the issues, all but one, Nevada, had majority Senate and House, like assembly legislatures, how they could easily pass legislation. Now, it might get vetoed by the governor, but I, I think if they write it correctly and they pitch it correctly, that would be a bad political move for a governor. Uh, so it's got to start at the state level because that's where election law, voter ID law, 
poll watcher law, uh, regulation of poll books and the way things are counted and the timing and the how many bo- ballot box you have. That's where it all starts. Okay. So we, we've got to do that between now and 2022. If we take back the House and the Senate in 2022, then we're, we could be on a roll for changes at the federal level. But right now, it's all got to start at the state level. And, and I've got actually got my team tomorrow. We're meeting tomorrow evening to talk about um, kind of taking an inventory of what's being done in every one of the 50 states and the territories to have greater election security and figure out who we can work with to kind of network between Ohio and all the other states and, and, and territories to start pushing a consistent agenda about voter ID, about election integrity, about election transparency, about paper ballots, about all of these kind of things. And, and these are problems that can be solved in a couple of months. These are not sophisticated technology problems. I spent my career in technology. This is easy. The results for a national election can sit on a hard drive that you would attach to your laptop that sits in the palm of your hand. Okay, I've done the the calculation on the amount of data literally could sit in a hard drive on your laptop. Or a flash drive? That big of a deal. Okay. (laughs) Really not that big of a deal. Wade's out there in uh in YouTube like it is, but it's not. Sorry about that. Wade's out there in YouTube uh says fix the voting is the first step in saving our republic. You're right, and that's that's exactly what uh what Mark's saying there. On the local level, we gotta get involved in and that's really what we've been saying as a whole. It's just a matter of finding the people that do it. Um and and that's the issue, is finding the ones that are that get it, uh, that can do it. And that's why this, what we've been all doing as far as trying to encourage uh, um, informed voting is to try to also trigger people to get involved in their local elections. Think, uh, Denise, what else did you have on your mind? Yeah, that's, that's okay. But we're enlightened because we use the internet to look for information. There are an awful lot of people who are not on the internet I have absolutely no idea. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't the sheriff one of the most powerful people in any county? Indeed. So the sheriffs, if if you vote in honest sheriffs, uh, surely they can arrest these poll workers. That's yeah. a thought. We really hadn't thought about it's, that. That's where we have to start. And this is something that the National Liberty Alliance talked about a couple of years ago when we had a discussion with them. And that is that we need to be very informed and very involved and very engaged in who our our local sheriffs are, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, th- their oath is to the United States Constitution, not the British royalty rule of law. Um, th- those things are important. And that's that's things that we can we can we can move the needle on at a local level is making sure that we know who our sheriffs are and what are their opinions on things like these when when something happens. Uh, agreed, to Denise, uh, big time for sure. Mark, what do you think about uh, getting engaged with local sheriffs and, and trying to get uh, them to be uh, a patriot movement among sheriffs? I, I, I think that that's a great idea. I hadn't really thought of it. I think that's a great idea. I also think that having people at every, you know, at the – polling station level 
as they're voting, understanding the way the process works and the way the process can be gamed or, or defrauded. Um, you know, someone comes in and doesn't have their signature checked, they should be reporting that immediately. We should have, the, the Republicans should have a central reporting capability to do that, right? Online, real-time, immediate. Because during the election, I don't know if people know this, but, you know, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party enlist poll workers to go be, or are poll watchers to go watch every poll if they can find people. And then there are lawyers who volunteer their time to uh, circulate amongst a small number of polls to go work out problems with the poll manager and stuff like that. I think we need to take that to another level and we need to automate it. So that information is available to everybody that's online in real time and can see it. So if I go to a poll in the morning and I'm like, you know what, my signature wasn't checked and 10 people come in after me and say the same thing, that's a problem poll, okay? So so I, I think there are a lot of things we can do. We just have to get a little more savvy about it. Isn't that again somewhere where the sheriffs can step in? The sheriffs being in attendance at polling yeah, stations. Absolutely. Uh, and absolutely. And that's a great point, Denise. I've never seen a law enforcement officer at a polling station before. Maybe driving traffic, but I, not inside the polling station. I don't eye. mean I don't mean the police. I mean the sheriffs. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Because the the sheriffs are, are I mean, they can even uh slap uh governors uh, etc. So why there's not more use made of those? And I think if sheriffs could be involved, I think it would run a lot cleaner. I'm sorry. Man, I'm going to go try to um, buy. But I'm across the pond, and I'm not really, really 100% au fait with how it all works. No, you're I fine. Try. I, I'm just going to go buy my local sheriff uh, a donut and some coffee and see if he'll slap my governor. Uh, <laughs> not literally, <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Uh, Denise, I do have one last call. Any last thoughts before I let you go? Thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you. No, Jeannie. that's it. Good luck, Mark. Thank you. You're I gonna have a big fight, but good luck. You always, you always have great ideas. I love talking. <laughs> Thank you. You're Much welcome. love, Denise. Have a great one. Thanks for the Thank call. Thank you. Bye. I appreciate Denise always. She's always uh, um, great ideas, and she gets it. And that's it's it, like you said. Why why can't we have more Americans who get it? Um, that, that is the problem. All right, guys. Yeah. Last call. Uh, appreciate you guys very much. Uh, Seven oh four. If you could mute your stream, please. Yeah. And can I get a name for you, please? Uh, this is a sick and tired patriot here, bud. Uh, I just heard your last call. Can you hear me? Yeah, what name did you yes, want me to sir, put? The sick, sick and tired, tired. The sick and tired patriot. What's on your mind today? Yeah, I just heard that uh, y'all was talking about bringing. I live here in the states of North Carolina. They they talk about the uh, they they don't allow the 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 police to be there whenever uh, uh, when you go in to vote. They're not allowed to be in there. Gotcha. So there's sure. some laws well, against having uh, uh, having the police yeah, in the, in the boost. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call in a lot here, but even back to the first year, uh, 
Because I, I, I know I've been watching the corruption over the past three uh, elections, and uh, and it's been both sides, man. They just they're they they flip flop the power back and forth, back and forth. That's just why nothing ever gets done because they they do it on purpose, you know, just to to keep the power uh, from actually or the laws or from stuff and getting done, you know. Yeah, I the, hear you, uh, sick and tired patriot. It, it's very frustrating for sure. What are, what are, what other things that that uh, are going to be issues going forward, sick and tired patriot, are are on your mind as far as uh, government overreach and or you know what what ideas you would want to see people who represent your state. Well, see, I've more. been going. I've been I've been talking. I've been talking to the uh, representatives here, to North Carolina, and I've thrown ideas like after. I mean, I really and truly. I mean, we have zero democracy right now. Zero. If you think about it, I mean, we don't have any democracy at all. And that's something we ain't had in decades, really. Uh, who knows how long they've been doing this with our with our votes. And the uh, at the upper level, especially with the president, you know. And <laughs> I think, me, myself, that the school, if we put the, the <clears throat> our elections, you got, got our elections in with the high school and where we could be involved with our, our youth teaching on getting back to our grassroots, being involved with the schools. And by the time we get to high school, uh, training on how to set up and run an election to where once they get to the 12th grade, that could be their, their last great community service before they go into life. That way they, they can really thoroughly know the law uh, unlike today, uh, the kids are coming out of school. They don't really know nothing about what law is. Yeah, that's and half that the problem. To be more taught. I'm with you, sick and tired patriot. Yeah. That, that's half the problem for sure. Is that we just uh, it is. Yeah. And if if we could put elections in the twelfth grade and may let them do paperback, stay the hell away from machines altogether, yeah. and make every vote be counted by hand and recounted by next grade and. Just to verify, to verify, to verify. Appreciate you, Sick and Tired Patriot. I am, I am right up against the clock here, uh, my my friend. Uh, okay, I appreciate all the, right, y'all fellas have a good. Yeah, hope I, that'd be a good idea. I appreciate your calling. Do do me a favor, call back more often. I want to hear from you. I appreciate you, Sick and Tired Patriot. Thank yes, you. sir. All right. Uh, sorry about that, buddy. Uh, we're right up against the clock. Four minutes left, and I wanted to get uh, Mark's thoughts just on the. And you know the desperation of the people, kind of feeling hopeless, is what I get from sick and tired patriot. There, he his frustration is just beyond the fact that he feels like he can't be represented anymore. Uh, how do you how do you uh, how do you talk to people like them and and be the symbol of hope that these people need, man? I, it's I mean my message is all about taking action. Okay, the if we don't take action and take this country back, then we will be in some kind or some form of a civil war, right? Because everything is percolating up. We understand what's going on. We understand the fraud and the corruption and the lack of responsiveness to the voter. And so if we don't try to take this back peacefully and in a democratic way, we will have some kind of civil war. 
And so I'm just encouraging people to get involved. And if they can't get involved to support people who are involved at whatever level they can, we've got this thing called micro volunteering that we're launching. You tell me you got five hours, excuse me, five minutes a day to do something for my campaign. I will find you something that's productive for you. And you'll feel like you're contributing for five minutes a day, right? And we're going to go get 600,000 people like that across Ohio to do that, right? As opposed to 6,000 volunteers who basically, as my volunteer coordinator said, feel like they've signed their life away, right? Right. To go work with you because you call on them so much. We're going to find a way to 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 break that work down into granular chunks that make more sense. And uh, I, I think we'll, we'll, I think it'll pay us great dividends. I, that, that's, that will give people hope that they're doing something to change something. And if they do it, and if our calculations are correct, it will pay off. It will result in funding. It will, will result in name recognition. It will result in votes and it will result in a win. And then they'll feel like, Hey, my vote counted, my activity counted. Well, I, I'm with you, Mark. I mean, that for, for people who feel the frustration and hopelessness, uh, there are things you can do. You can get on on, on a food on, on call bank list. You can uh, send postcards. You can just talk to your local areas and help get the name out about what's happening, about what's going on. Uh, don't ever feel helpless to where you don't have a voice. The, the, what needs to be done is keep putting the pressure on your local representatives and making sure that the, everyone that you know is informed on what's happening out there. Wade uh, has a comment out there in YouTube. Pressure has to be put on the courts to take these cases. There has to be at least one court in every state that will take the case. The Supreme Court are cowards or traitors at this point. Wade, I feel your frustration too. Appreciate you out there very much, brother. Look forward to shaking your hand in the near future. Joe, thoughts and comments on the show today before we let everyone go. No, I just, I really enjoy uh, the conversations with you, Mark. Uh, I wish you were in Illinois because you would have my vote in a heartbeat. I absolutely love your message. I love everything you're doing. Just keep on doing it, man, because it is so important. And uh, just keep up the good work. Thanks. And I will tell you that you can volunteer on our campaign no matter where you are in the United States or overseas. You can't give us money overseas, but you could you could donate your time. Awesome. And we, we'll be doing. I'll, I'll be talking about this next time. The way we do virtual calling, so I could literally give you a call list. You could sit at your laptop and make calls from your laptop for us. There you go. That's how you uh, get it cool. done, and that's the organization you need. You have to go of uh, you know look. Uh, full force from every angle, and that's why I want to help in any way I can. We're going to have J.R. Majewski on next week, and we're going to see what we can do to help him too. May the best man win. That's all that matters is getting the voice out there, helping lift people up, and I'm going to do everything I can on my level to make sure that that happens. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you all for your time here today. I look forward to tomorrow. We'll be back. It's going to be fun. We have a lot of great guests coming in for the rest of the week as well, so stand by for that. John Paul Rice will be here on Thursday. Neil's coming to hang out with on Friday, Michael Johns next Tuesday. Much love. God bless you all. I will see see you guys tomorrow. Have a great evening. God bless. Much love. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth.
or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.